0: The Lord be with you. And with your a reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. Praise when Jesus returned to Capernaum after some days, it became known that he was at home. Many gathered together so that there was no longer room for them, not even around the door, and he preached the word to them. They came, bringing to him a paralytic carried by four men, Unable to get near Jesus because of the crowd, they opened up the roof above him. After they had broken through, they let down the mat on which the paralytic was lying. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to him, "'Child, your sins are forgiven.'" Now some of the scribes were sitting there asking themselves, "'Why does this man speak that way? "'He is blaspheming. "'Who but God alone can forgive sins?' Jesus immediately knew in his mind What they were thinking to themselves. So he said, Why are you thinking such things in your hearts? Which is easier, to say to the paralytic, Your sins are forgiven, or to say, Rise, pick up your mat, and walk? But that you may know that the Son of Man has authority to forgive sins on earth, he said to the paralytic, I say to you, Rise, pick up your mat, and go home. He rose, picked up his mat at once, and went away in the sight of everyone. They were all astounded and glorified God, saying, We have never seen anything like this. The Gospel of the Lord. To you, Lord Jesus Christ. This particular day has significance in our diocese and significance in my own life. I believe today is the anniversary of Bishop Rhodes' installation as bishop to our diocese. And if it's not today, it's at least this week uh, because he arrived in January 2010. Also uh, today is the birthday of a friend of mine Brian Burkamp. I've talked a little bit about Brian in the past. Brian uh, was in school with me he's a seminarian from the Diocese of Wichita and unfortunately lost his life when we're um, moving into third theology. He uh, risked his own life, saved, saved another person's life, and in the in the events of that, uh, died. And so today is his birthday, and to think he would have been a priest for four and a half years now. And you think about this gospel passage and what these friends are willing to do for their friend. They literally ripped open someone's roof, right? We can laugh about that. It's kind of funny. Like they... Could you imagine someone ripping open your roof to, like, lower someone else down into it? You're like, hey, whoa, whoa, back up, time out. And that's what they did. I mean, it never says whose house they were at. (laughs) It's like, random person's house, Jesus is there, rip open the roof, we got to get to him. Wow. Brian, you know, he gave his life. He literally gave his life for a person he didn't even know that well. Bishop Rhodes has given his life for the church um, after being ordained as a priest in Harrisburg Diocese and being installed as a priest there and then installed as a bishop there. He got uprooted and brought all the way over to Fort Wayne, South Bend, Indiana. Blop! And had to start all over. But that's what we do when we love people. That's what we do when we, we care about them. When, like, what lengths are we willing to go to ensure that people encounter god is it ripping open a roof is it giving of our lives is it being moved halfway across the country what are we willing to do to let others encounter god the the fact that these um, scribes you know they they get so hung up because they're they're really trying if we want to we'll look at them in a positive way they're really trying to fulfill the law to hold to the law to establish the law and that's fine until the law impedes God's work. And then it's no longer okay. There was a, a quote I, I gave at some homily many years ago. It said, you know, when, when man's laws get in the way of doing God's will, um, break the law. Legally. There's always a caveat. But really, like... Jesus' question back to them is so interesting. Like, what's easier? To say your sins are forgiven. That's a pretty easy thing to say. Whether or not it takes effect, we can say it. Or rise, pick up your man and walk. To a person who can't even move. Clearly the latter would be crazy. But just to prove his authority about the sins, he's like, I'm going to have that guy rise up anyway. I'm going to have him stand up anyway just to prove to you that my authority is is." Surpassing anything of the law, and I actually am the Son of Man, I am God. They just couldn't get that around their head. And it's unfortunate because sometimes God is working so closely to us, so adamantly with us, that we're like, nope, it can't be, can't be him. It's gotta be something else. Like, what, what's blinding us it almost becomes the question. Like, what what preconceived notion? In our mind is limiting our ability to acknowledge God's work. And it happens in other parts of Scripture. You know, when, they, when the apostles, they go out and they say, hey, other people were hearing people in your name. Like, should we, should we cast down fire on them? They literally thought they could cast down fire. That's why they asked the question. And he says, no, don't do that. Like, they're cooperating with us. And so there is a difficulty at times because it's hard to discern what is the intent and the will, but we want to try to start from a place of of positivity, a place of of goodness. What are we willing to do for our friends? What lengths are we willing to go for them? And how in those actions and in those events and events around us is God doing miraculously awesome things? What are the blinders, what are the preconceived notions in our head, our hearts that are so... uh, so stuck so rigid that we are that we're unable to see God working like nope couldn't be that person i know that person i saw what they did last weekend okay maybe they're better this weekend i don't know the point is let's not become obstacles or barriers to letting god do his miracles let's be the bridges Let's, let's be the ones who radically rip off roofs to make sure that someone encounters Jesus today. So it's kind of a two-fold uh, challenge. The first is if we can identify the things that make it hard for us to see God working in, in and through others. It's usually, if, a hint, if you need a hint for this, it's pride. Well, I know what I'm doing. They don't. Maybe they do. So what in us makes it hard to see God's work in others? That's the first challenge. The second, what would I be willing to do for my friend? What would I be willing to do to make sure my friend encounters Jesus today? Does it mean I have to physically drive to their house, knock on their door at Sunday at 8.30, so they get in my car and I bring them to Mass? Does it mean I, I call them out for a sin that I've seen them do day in and day out, that I'm just, I'm done I'm done acknowledging, I'm done letting it go. I think the greatest, the greatest difficulty, maybe the greatest challenge, is we have to be willing, through prudence and discernment, we have to be willing to lose the friend for the sake of speaking truth. Now, again, I say that has to be done through prudence and, and discernment and prayer. Because it doesn't mean just like, oh, my friend's doing stupid things. You're no longer my friend. I'm going to throw you away. That's not good. We've lost them. That's an obstacle. But do I, through love, through charity, through firmness, say, hey, what I see is not healthy and good for you. And I love you and I care about you and I want the best for you. So I'm going to help you by doing this. Again, the two challenges. What in us personally, makes it hard to see God working through others? And then secondly, what am I willing to do to ensure that my friend encounters Jesus?